Hey there, fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells, and welcome back to another episode of the Adventurers Anonymous Podcast, the home of improvised fantasy, fuck nuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. As ever, we have an action-packed episode for you this week, full of twists and turns as the adventuring party delve deeper into the mysterious Hoggle Hole. Join them as they try to dig themselves out of the hot mess of last week, rescue a goat in need, and hunt down one of the elusive Emmentals. So, don't go anywhere, the action will start in just a minute. Now then, this week's episode has a few puzzles in it, and to help you follow along, we will upload a copy of the board the players came upon onto our social media streams. So, keep an eye out for that. Now then, let's not forget the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. It's mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. So, without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join Chris, Raggy, Matt, and myself for this week's episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. Please enjoy. We were live. It has been a long, 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 long time since we've recorded anything. And we are now stuck in the middle of a heat wave. So everyone is sweating their gonads off. How are you all doing? Great. I'm, I'm doing great. The prodigal, the prodigal sons have returned. Certainly. Have, by the prodigal sons, do you mean Chris and Chris? I mean all of us, really. Sons of Thunder. Sons of Thunder. We're all, uh, we're all, we're all fucking sweaty. Jesus Christ. I am cooking. <sighs> right. Well, on an exciting note, Matt, who are we sponsored by? Come on. Um, we're, we're sponsored Pick by on um, 101 Great Ideas for Sponsors. It's a, it's a book on Amazon. <laughs> when someone asks you out the, right. out the blue for a, a great sponsor idea, just, just, uh, you can roll a D, couple of D20 and, uh, turn to the page and it'll tell you a hilarious sponsor guaranteed to be a music but a little bit and risque. being that you wrote the book are you going to roll us a dice and pick one out or yeah let's try it right now shall we excellent, <laughs> excellent. uh yeah this episode sponsored by um pregnant pause pregnant pause put your pregnancy on hold so it's a oh pregnant pause you mean the cattery where <laughs> if your cat if your cat's not up to much, you can pimp it out to pregnant paws, and they will. T- it's basically a um, cat farm. No, too soon. So the RSPCA are going to shut us down, aren't they? That's something so unpleasant about. Mm, yeah. yeah. Pregnant paws. There you go. The cat breeder. Yep, cat breeders. Pregnant paws. There you go. That's our sponsor this week. Special deal. Buy one kitten, get one free. There we go. Excellent. And on that awkward note, trading your old cat today for a new kitten. That's really sad. Yeah, way to bring up the tone, Chris. You were talking uh, about kitten battery farms. How have I? T- how, how was I the one that brought down the tone? Uh, yeah, that's a shame. What that knock on the door? Is that the RSPCA I can hear? Is that Peta? Right, well, on that wonderful note, assuming we haven't been closed down as a podcast or um, disavowed by Apple, here we go with a catch-up. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they'd found themselves right in the heart of the village, the Kuatoan fish folk. Partly, they were partly scattered about all over the place. Belsia, who was disguised as a mildly shrunken and deformed Kuatoan, was in the witch doctor's hut and had to improvise an escape by knocking over a shelf full of jars 
all over the doctor as he escaped out the window in a kerfuffle. The only downside being that he had accidentally snagged his outfit on a nail on the way out and was now half naked. Hands up if you remember that. Tatty was outside the Fishfolk School watching Cato the Crow being prodded and poked by kids. Teaming up with Gaspard the Spider, they came up with a plan. Gaspard snuck into the classroom and whilst no one was looking, he climbed up the nose of the weakest looking child, pulling his egg sack with him. And with a distraction plucked straight from the depths of hell itself, the egg sack burst and tiny spiders crawled out of the child's nose as their sobs and screams ensued. Tatty took this as his sign to pounce and scooped up the distressed form of the crow, pausing only to rendezvous with Gaspard, who made his peace with the loss of his baby spiders. Tatty and Belsiar then made their way across the village, meeting up with the other friends as Aristobulus used his divining rod to establish the location of the water emmental. It appeared to be in the witch doctor's hut. Oh, no, no, it didn't. It appeared to be in the shaman's hut. We'll just edit that out later. No one will ever know. Cautiously making their way into this hut of nightmares, they explored. Now, we should explain at this point that offerings made by the shaman had been nailed to the outside of the hut, meaning that the desiccated bones of all the sorts of creatures now adorn the outside walls of the hut. Dolphins, porpoises, men, traffic cones, and a swan had all been nailed to the outside of the shaman's hut. And as the party frantically searched for the Emmental, Maud heard a bleating noise outside, and going to the window saw that Marvin and the two teenagers, slash doggers, who had been left to look after him, had been captured by the Kuatoans and were now being led to the drowning pool. Throwing caution to the wind, Maud screamed foul abuse at the top of her voice at the fish folk, telling them to leave her fucking goat alone. And that is where we will pick up with this week's episode. Quick question. As Maud, yes. as, Maud as Shan is not here, uh, would you like me to keep an eye on Maud? That would that sounds like a lovely idea. Who Matt, do you want to autopilot Rarestobius? Yeah, can do. Or Raggy can. I don't know how many monitors you got going. No, that's that's a that's a stern shake from Chris Rag. He's only interested in preserving his own green skin. I can see this. Go same character. Come on, here. Hanash is a fighter, not a lover. And I just want to use spells. I like it. Spells are fun. Spells are fun. I did have a look, actually. I was browsing through your um, sheets. That sounds wrong. Makes me sound like some sort of pervert. Uh, I was having a look at your character stats. I noticed that Hanash doesn't actually have a single spell. Mm. He's like the only person who's got no magic. Yeah. So he's got a kind of magic all his own. Like a personal... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got magic seduction. This kind of magic can't be taught. Magic seduction sounds like a Michael Bublé film. <laughs> Jesus H Christ! Right, who wants to ask some questions? Because it's been a long time. Come on, anyone? Yeah. Got, anyone got any questions before we kick off with Ernest? Can I get a um, uh, just a just a, a rough idea of how far it is between where we are um, outside of the? Is it like the priest's hut? Did we say? Yes. Sorry, I, I made the witch doctor and the shaman sound similar, but they're not. Uh, yeah, you're in. You're inside the like priest shaman hut. Uh, between that and the drowning pool, the drowning pool is between you and the um, people dragging Marvin and the and the boys over. I would say that Marvin is a good uh, sixty feet away, probably. 60 feet. His baleful little bleats are coming from about 60 feet, and the drowning pool is about 30 feet away. And, of course, you're all inside. You've got the door shut, and you're all staring. This is like the OK Corral. 
you're all kind of boarded up in 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 uh, in your little hut made of dead things. Uh, and let's not forget, there's a lot of shit inside the hut as well because you are indeed looking for the Emmental. And um, Aristobulus is sporting his divining rod as he waggles around um, rigidly. Yeah, so we're all we're all inside the the shaman's hut at the minute, aren't we? You certainly are. Yes. Does anyone know that we're there? Have we been sneaky, or have we just like? Well, as I said, well, several things I'll do. I'll very quickly drop you the map again because you probably not thought about it in a long time. Yes. And then, uh, cool. Here you go. Try this. And um, and yes, as as I was saying in the recap, I probably didn't explain it very well. Maud definitely decided to end the last episode we all recorded together by screaming at the top of her lungs for people to leave her fucking goat alone. And she was with her at that time. She started. Yeah. She started going towards the the drowning pool, didn't she? Now let, let's let's not make any bones about this. She probably screamed that in common or infernal. And these people speak blibbly bloobly bloobly bloop. Um, so they probably have no fucking, they're just aware that some lunatic has opened a door and screamed at them. Okay. So they're, they're aware that she's, she's there. Yes. But they haven't seen the rest of us. Okay. Um, I have a, I have a good idea. Sacrifice more? No. no. I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it would mean that I would probably need someone to, to back Maud up. Uh, if, if shit gets a little bit hairy, because to do it, she's going to have to get closer. Uh, she's probably going to have to go to about where the drowning pool is. Um, I do have an idea, but it will mean that someone needs to back her up. And Tati will probably try and investigate for the, um, the Emmental while he's inside the, um, while he's inside the building first. Yeah. If, if she tells me the plan, then I just might back her up. And I just might be like, you, you like to, you like to fate. Okay. I mean, I say at this point, you've got a little bit of time. Being that they're still 60 feet away, you've obviously got the implied danger that they might drown Marvin in the time being, but how fast can you drown a goat? And name of the episode. And um, they're about 60 feet away, so even if they all decided to rush you, you've still got the amount of time it takes a fish to sprint 50 feet. Fish, fish famously bad runners. So <laughs> we're not in initiative, are we? So it's So at the minute, we're just like... We're just free-forming it. Here's what Maud's going to do. This is the big swing. Uh, Maud is going to run to... Uh, she's going to run 30 feet towards the um, uh, the fish folk that have got Marvin, and she's going to cast Thorn Whip. Oof. And she's going to grab Marvin and pull it. This is a beautiful it. and painful idea. It's both amazing, and you're also going to tear chunks out of Marvin. But... oh. Also, I don't want to be a shitter. I don't want to be that guy. But having just edited recent podcast episodes, we did roll, and Marvin has the princely sum of... Oh, fuck. One health point. Okay, I'm going to have to rethink this. Um... That, that, that's, that's Durant's fault. Durant made me pull the stats up a couple of episodes ago and roll, and uh, a goat has 1d6 health, and I rolled a <laughs> 1. So we, we, we worked out that Marvin pretty poorly. Okay, here's what... Okay. I didn't want to shit on your idea, but if you kill Marvin, Shan, <laughs> that will never forgive you. you. I forgot that. I forgot that Thorn Whip did damage. Yeah, well, if you if you if you pass him with a Christ a goat, then uh, I'm pretty sure Shan will never will never. Well, no, I forgot that it did damage, and I figured if it was like a friendly creature that we could we could forego the damage. But that's yeah, this isn't the end of uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, where he just bull whips a woman for no reason, and it's supposed <laughs> to be romantic. 
Can we? Yeah, uh, uh, we're not doing that. Can we just kill Marvin and then uh, bring him back? Get another goat. Oh yeah, just get another goat. Who's going to know? Yeah, Aristobulus can spare the dying on a goat. What's the range of um, spiritual weapon? I think it's, <laughs> is it sixty feet? We want to go ten pin bowling with a dick. It doesn't have to be a dick. I think, <laughs> I think in, the, why, why? in the same way, though, a spiritual weapon will still do damage. Um, no, like, not if he envelops the goat in his hood. Not if he sort of comes in in a kind of like hoover. <laughs> spiritual weapon. <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah. Could, could you make like a more, more less of a weapon and more of a you know, yeah, like blanket or whatever? Um, oh, that's a really good question. Can you use spiritual weapon what? as something non-violent? Or would that be like mage hand? Would that essentially be what that is? Well, I mean, it's it's the same kind of thing with thorn whip, though, because it's because thorn whip is essentially just a whip that that has like barbs on it. If you wanted to do it without barbs, you probably could. It's only a cantrip. It's not like taking damage away from it would. Yeah, just 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 do do what we need to do, and then Aristobulus can do CPR. We're, we're, okay, so I've got a new idea for what Maud's going to do. Not all women's, not all weapons do damage. If you made like a net or something like that, it's still a technical weapon of sorts. Gladiators use nets. I'm trying to find some sort of dogmatic fucking way around this for you. I don't know why. So here's what Maud's going to do. Okay. Instead of instead of running for 30 feet towards them, she's not going to do that. She's going to cast uh, Entangle um, on the, the fish folk that have got a hold of Marvin and the two doggers. Okay. So um, any enemies that are within a 20-foot square have to make a uh, strength save and throw. Okay, look. This is where I pull up my stats on Kuatoans. Hold your horsies. Here we are. Strength, did he say? Strength. Uh, Guy on the left fails. Guy on the right passes. So there are two Kuatoans with spears. One passes, one fails. So one of them is entangled. Well, so one of them, in his kind of guttural, kind of like, uh, kind of like his, you see his kind of legs entwined in barbs and brambles as he falls over, screaming. As you hear the other one gutturally kind of screaming at him in the in the universal language of "What the fuck are you doing? Get the hell up!" As they that, that's brought them to a pause. The one that failed is considered restrained, so he, is. he, has, he has to take an action to uh, try and free himself. By making the same strength saving throw, uh, otherwise he can't move. Uh, That's all right. He's restrained. The other one is currently like flailing around trying to work out what the fuck is going on, whilst trying to restrain two stoned kids holding onto a goat that's flailing around as well. Um, I don't think there's anything that Maud can do as a bonus action. No, just make some roll. Make some, some rolls. Nothing I need to do right now. As of yet, no one else has noticed what's going on. So you currently have one restrained fish fish man and one incredibly confused fish man who's trying to... Yeah. Um, is anyone else supporting more than this, or is everyone else... You said, you said you wanted to do something. Oh, what, what, what? oh, yeah, go on, go on, go on. I, I just kind of want to investigate, like, put my nose out the door and see, like, who was around. Because also we know that 
the people that we've you know, tried to entangle, but are there like 50 other fish people? About 40 feet away now. So they've, they're, they're just on the other side of the pool. Uh, they're about 40-odd feet away. One of one's restrained to the floor. Basically, you imagine all the brambles have grown over the top of him, and you can see two arms flailing away, screaming, as the other guy is kind of like trying. You know, he's now caught. The other the other Kuatone is caught between a rock and a hard place. He's trying to restrain three prisoners. Well, two and a half prisoners. One of them is a sickly goat. And uh, trying to help his mate. And they're the only people around. There's no one else around. Not yet. I just made a roll and no one else is paying right. attention quite amazingly by the luck of the dice. You're probably still dealing with that dead kid in the school. <sighs> yes, exactly. You probably, if you if you hear, you can hear the little wails and sobs of a child with a hundred spiders crawling out of his nose. Okay, and they're 60 feet away, aren't they? That's what it says. Yeah. 40. 40 feet. They're close and distant whilst you were chatting away. They're still yeah. on the other side of the, the, the pool. Don't worry. Okay, that's cool. Um... Um, Tell you what, while you're doing that, Matt, we're going to pan to you. You are currently with, whilst well, these guys have a think about what they're going to do. Uh, Matt, we're going to pan to you. Aristobulus, you, uh, Belsia and Aristobulus are currently inside the hut. Now, to give you a bit of a flavor, the hut is like a hoarder's nightmare, much the same as the outside of the hut. The inside of the hut is just filled full of driftwood and relics and sort of weird religious like paraphernalia and stuff like that. As you see, um, Aristobulus's divining rod is waggling over to a far corner as he tries to... Um, I think I also said that there was a mezzanine as well. It looked like there was a bedroom on a mezzanine floor. I think I said in a previous episode. Quite how you build a mezzanine in a hut made of driftwood, I do not know, but apparently the Kuatarians are master architects. Okay. And we're, we're, we're pretty... We're, like, safe for now, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, I go for a nap. Excellent. <laughs> No, no, actually, let's, let's, uh, I, yeah, I'll, Belsia heads towards the corner where the, uh, the, uh, spiritual doweling rod is, uh, extending. So as, as Aristobulus, he, 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 as ever, like, to keep up the divining rod, which is basically just his crotch, takes a hell of a lot of effort. We've said this before in previous episodes. It looks like Aristobulus is a bomb disposal expert. There's just sweat dripping off him. There's a certain pallid colour. I don't know if you remember, but he'd already lost a lot of blood out of his genitals due to a leech that Tati had to help him get off. So his his member was already somewhat um, battered. Um, and his game was a little bit off because Tati half-shaved his testicles anyway, trying to get the leech off. So... Um, He's sweating, he's not happy, he's he's he needs a fluffer. As he make as the sweating form of, of, of Aristobulus makes his way over to the corner, you see him go to a particular section of religious paraphernalia. There's just shit and detritus absolutely everywhere. As he's like, it's, it's over here. I've got a good feeling he's he's a bit like hotter, 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 <laughs> getting hotter, boiling <laughs> as he makes his way over into the corner. Um, being very careful not not to touch the uh, the rod. Can I kind of can yeah, I make a precision equipment? Can I can I make an investigation of some kind? Yep, make me an investigation check. Go seventeen. Seventeen, not so bad 17. at all. Uh, twenty. 
you start moving detritus out of the way, like a bit like um, like a teenager's bedroom. There's just shit everywhere. As, as you're pretty, you've got a vague idea from having seen the diary that Tatty has what an Emmental looks like, borderline. So you're just throwing shit out of the way, and there's like bits of driftwood. There's like a bit of a sail. Uh, you're just tossing it off over one shot. No, that sounds wrong. You're just throwing it to one side. Um, there's a dead lobster that you just boot to one side. As you start, um, you find the first thing you pull up is um, you see a very old-looking harpoon gun. As you lift it up in your hand, you realize you still have a functioning harpoon gun, which still has a harpoon and a length of cord in it. Uh, Yeah, can I take that? Can I put that in my... Yeah, as you move that into your collection, digging around, you're like, well, this isn't an Emmental. Uh, Make a note that you've now got a harpoon gun with a single harpoon, and um, I'm just going to say to speed up narrative, it's got a 15-foot range on the cord, which you can tell, clearly, just by looking at it. Um, Could that be extended with our own personal rope? Well, that's something you will have to work out. You'll have to do a bit of DIY on that later. Uh, you've, you've got a harpoon gun with a single harpoon and 15 foot worth of rope on it. Uh, putting that away, you move other detritus away. There's, um, cups and plates and other such utensils, various tools fashioned out of fish gut and fish bone. Um, now next you pick up a really bedraggled looking plushy toy. Uh, and you wipe a patina of dirt and grime and sea salt off it, and you look at the label and you realise you are holding a My Little Owlbear plushie toy. <laughs> I, I, I very quickly hide it from Aristobulus. Um, make a note that you've got a My Little Owlbear plushie toy, because I can give you the rules for it later. <laughs> uh, one of the eyes has fallen out. It's uh, it's also got a little rip cord. It's got one of those little cords at the back. Um, now hold on we're just going to quickly do this Um, I am going to give you the rules for it he said we'll edit this out of the podcast later no one will ever know good you're now the proud owner of a slightly bedraggled looking my little owlbear plushie one of the eyes has fallen out and you can see some stuffing coming but he's still got the little cord on the back (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, did, did Belsiar and, did Belsiar and Aristobulus end up picking up the Emmental? Sorry, I missed that. They haven't found it yet. They're still looking through shit. They found a harpoon gun and a wondrous children's toy. Okay. Um, Aristobulus is still, like, groaning as his member is waggling around like a radar. Can I give the, can I give the plushie a, a squeeze? Uh, yes. It says... I'll be very glad to see you smile. That's owl instead of isle, because it's an owl bear. Um, but it sounds slightly bedraggled and croaky because the sound box has been dragged through several oceans and washed up on a shoreline and then manhandled. Uh, yeah, so you've got yourself a little, my little owl bear plushie. You've got yourself a harpoon gun uh, as the hunt goes on. Now back to the front of house where we have Maud and we have Hanash. I don't know what Tatty's doing. Where's Tatty? Um, I was going to say either me or either me or Hanash will go next. If if do it, I'll um I'm gonna um I'm gonna shout to Belsiar and Aristobulus to find the find the Emmental. I'm gonna run out of the <gasps> I'm gonna run out of the hut 
good lady uh, with Barbara. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna take out my short bow, <gasps> and I'm gonna. So the one that the one that got restrained. Yep. Is he? Which of the three hostages is he holding? If any, none of them. He's on the floor, like drowning under briars and like brambles. He's he's. There's like I said. There's currently one fish man trying to wrangle two stoned kids with a goat under one arm. And the other guy is completely out of action and isn't paying any fucking attention, as you wouldn't if the very ground underneath you pulled you off your feet and started wrapping you up. He's got bigger fish to fry. I might try and hide and get advantage on the other one. Take that one. Can I, as a bonus action, when I get outside of the hut, can I Can I hide? Hide, then shoot. Take cover, yeah. you mean? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I want to try and get advantage and get sneak attack. Uh, For the sake of narrative, I'm going to say as the DM, they're really not paying any fucking attention to you. Their only attention is on themselves as you've created the world's most awkward situation for these guys. Uh, I rolled a 19 for stealth, so I think, I I assume I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you roll to the edge of um, the drowning pool where, as I said in a previous episode, much akin I know we're very much in the world of Predator at the moment, as we've recently watched Prey. Do you know where all the different skulls of all the creatures, not in that film, but in the Predator lore, they often collect all the different skulls of the creatures. All the skulls of the creatures that have been offered as sacrifices to Blibdle Poop are being polished up and left around the pool. So it's a great big kind of mound of skulls of all different shapes and sizes and species that you hide behind. Um, So I'm going to take a shot at the one that is trying to wrangle the three hostages um and because i'm hiding i get advantage um nice all right you're gonna robin hood prince of thieves him go for it yes uh let's see so water world meets robin hood prince of thieves uh i got a 17 hang fire let me just pull up my oh my god my internet's is a bag of dicks today um, hold on. I'm just looking at the armor class of a Kuatoan. What did you get? A 17. Nicely done. Hit. Excellent. Right. Let me roll some damage for you. They're just wearing rudimentary armor made out of, um, kiln, kiln dried kelp. Four plus, wait, no. Nine plus nine is 18. He's not dead, but he's in a lot of pain as you, uh, you get an arrow in the gill. As he's like, and as um, first time I'm using my new subclass feature, um, as um, as I deal sneak attack damage to that one, the one that is next to him also takes damage as well. Oh, with a single arrow? It's not. It's not from the. It's not from the arrow. It's my whales from the grave feature. So like. Wailed from the grave. <laughs> you see, I'm picturing like I'm picturing like the spirit army from like Lord of the Rings. Oh. You see, like the, like kind of like mist gather around the one that is on the floor uh, as like as like these spectral hands just like come up and like start raking at its skin. Uh, I'll just roll. I'll just roll damage. He takes six damage. Six damage. Right. Let me start making some notes. That'll be very useful to do. Uh, is that the same one that you damaged? Or is that, that's, that's it's the, the other one. one. It's the other one. The tangled one. So it's a... It's uh, a... Okay. So the guy... Okay. So this is how this is going to go down. Okay. Right. 
The two stone lads, each, each carrying one half of a goat, are being manhandled by a bunch of Kuatoan fish people. Suddenly, the ground erupts underneath one of them. Brambles reach up and grab him and pin him to the ground. As he goes down screaming, the very ground and plants start entwining him. The other one, shouting at him in Kuatoan, what the fuck are you doing? Get up. Turns around to the two stoned lads who are like, whoa, this has got nothing to do with us, man. Chill <laughs> out. As they say this, they turn around. An arrow goes into the gill of one of the Kuatoans who goes down screaming, coughing up foamy blood. As, as if the guy on the right wasn't having a bad enough day, spectral arms come out of the ground to join the brambles and start pulling him like drag me to hell back into the ground itself. At this point, the two stoned lads look at each other and swear a life of sobriety forever. <laughs> As, I'm pretty sure Hanach and Maud are standing on the fucking doorstep of the shaman's cottage looking at each other. Reminding themselves to have a conversation about Tatty because he's got some dark shit going on he's not talking about. <laughs> Tatty has no idea that this has happened. It yeah. just happened. This is the Tatty had no idea that this happened. Or the last thing that he got was that that like itching feeling in the back of his mind that something. He was got wrong. an itching feeling that you were being followed across the countryside. Well, now you see, as you look round, you see things just start going a little bit dim. Almost, I mean, they're pretty dim anyway, but you've got night vision, but you're just, things are starting to get a little bit hazy for you. As you realize, you realize, much like a toddler, no, not a toddler, much like a teenager in his parents' drink cabinet, <laughs> you realize you're messing with forces far beyond your power and control. You're now meddling in the spirit world. And even more, even more, what am I talking about? Even Barbara looks at you with a slightly worried look on her face, like, I'm worried about the life choices you're making, Gnome. Because once you set off down this path... Tati's just like, I got a really good shot on that one guy. I don't know what that other thing was about. That's not me. <laughs> so there you go. So, I mean, yeah. Well, sorry, how much... Da- uh, so yeah, the, one that, so the, one that, the one that has got the hostages took 18 damage, and the one yep. that was restrained took 6 damage. This is marvellous. I mean, the guy on the left is currently trying to pull a fucking... Like, he's got he's got an arrow all up in his gill, which mm. is not... It's not optimal. There's mm. no way to go. There's no way to go. Uh, right. Hanash, what are you doing in all of this? So, I'm going to run at him. So, I want to run. So, I'm going to use kind of two actions here. I'm probably going to get one attack. So, I'm going to run. I'm going to run to the water, yeah? And then I've got my boots are striding, which I can Oof. jump three times as far. So can I just jump over this pool thing? What uh, the pool? The pool must be about fifteen feet across, something like that. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Then. So I jump over the pool. <laughs> okay. And you want to do a superhero landing on one knee? Well, of course. Three point landing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As uh, the two stone lads look up, as they see the green skin with a spike sticking out of his head, blam down onto the ground in front of them. They're like. That's the last time I smoke kelp. <laughs> kelp? <laughs> Fucking hell. Don't this is that. a rural town. Drugs are not easily available, all right? You smoke what you got. <laughs> Don't worry, lads. I'm here to help. <laughs> and then, so, the one, the, like, fish thing that's kind of on the floor, yeah. I'm kind of going to execute him. So I'm going to use my morning star and aim for the head, um, and I'm going to just as much force as I can kind of he, drop the hammer. He has advantage because it's restrained. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I'm gonna I'm gonna lose five uh, on my hit points and add ten to the damage. Is that yeah. Right? yeah, with great great weapon master. Yeah, so and I've got advantage. Yeah, I think that'll do it. So twenty to hit. Yeah, really. I mean, he's not in iron armor. He's just a fish in like rudimentary armor. That hits. Cool. Um, so that's... Wait, did you ro- did you roll the morning star or the great axe? Uh, the morning star. Oh, okay. Um, so that's fifteen plus ten, so twenty five damage. There. Well, he only had three points of health left. He's already having a bad day. He's restrained. He's been spiritually pulled into the ground. As you get your morning star out, swing it back and just go oh, bam. Much like a fishmonger when they knock out a fish or a fisherman when he blasts a fish. But you go way too much power. You overcompensate and the, the head just goes and just explodes like moving a nice kind of pebble dashed kind of area around as his body just goes limp. As you hear the guy next to him with the arrow sticking out who can't talk properly, he's like, ah! <laughs> he goes to get your attention. I think you have another attack. Uh, I think I tease both my actions to, oh, do I get two attacks per action? You get you get two if you take the attack action you get two attacks but if you had yeah. I had to use two to get to you get had to there. use an action to get because it was more I only had thirty feet and it's forty feet away so I had to use two actions um, I like to turn to the kids and like told you I saw it at. and and the constantly like covered in blood and yeah. brains and fish guts just like don't worry kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> you, you, you just see the like pasty white stoned kid, and he's just got chum kind of like dripping down one side of his cheek. As th- th- this is this is an advert for why you should like th- like why you should just stay at home and study and not go out and get blazed in a cave. Um, they look worried. Dean personally looks more worried as the fish with the the arrow sticking out of it. Do we know? Understand us, and we just can't understand the fish. Do we know that yet? Neither, neither of you can understand each other. You don't have any languages in common. The only person is Matt, who's currently um, balls deep in a pile of junk. That sounds like, wrong. Let's try and intimidate them without language. Then I'd like to do like the slit throat sign, you know, with my thumb, and then point at the fish, and then point like away to kind of like you better run, motherfucker. I'm going to come for you. I mean, you haven't got any actions left, but just for the rule of cool. Just as a narrative bonus action, you can very slowly make the international sign for you're dead um, to the fish man. It isn't, it isn't much of a surprise to him, being that he's hanging onto life by a fucking thread uh, with an arrow sticking out of him. I think he's already assumed he's not far from the grave. As we pan to the, the fish... The fish with the arrow sticking out of him at this point, all he's thinking about is his wife and their little school of baby fish that he's got back home. And he's thinking, thank God I took out life insurance. But we're now at this point, we're going to leave you covered in back splatter from mauling a fish into the ground. We're going to pan back to Aristobulus and Belsia. Um, As you rummage around in more junk, lifting stuff, throwing it out of the way, uh, do you want to make me another investigation check? I'll say you can have it at advantage because you've got a man's knob acting as a compass. <laughs> that's what they teach you at DM school. Like orienteering. Uh, that's a six <laughs> and a hopefully better 11. An 11. Um, as you start moving stuff out the way, 
Aristobulus becomes very, very intentional that you're near the Emmental. And he's like, I can feel it. It's getting, it's getting strong. As you just see, like, now, like, sweat's just dripping off the bottom of his chin, going down into his chest hair in the middle of his robes. Uh, you see his armpits in the silk are literally just kind of, like, absolutely um, soiled. And uh, you start scrabbling around. And you pull up a piece of cheese, you pull up another piece of cheese, you look down and you realize what he's latched onto is an archaic ancient cheese board that's been left. There's just dried out, wizened pieces of cheese, soft cheese, which is coagulated, creamy cheese, hard cheeses. There's a, there's a whole cheese board that's just been left there. As uh, Unfortunately, you've not found the Emmental at this point. You've merely found a dried up dessert board. Can- can I desperately do like um, some kind of arcana check to see if there's anything magical about this cheese board? Absolutely. Let's see. Do you want to do a detect magic? Sorry. Is that I, 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 uh, also, I can't detect magic. <laughs> <laughs> I like as a sorcerer, what? he has a plus zero to arcana, like, because he's just... You, yeah, that's because you're a children's party <laughs> he's entertainer. He's a party entertainer. <laughs> oh, he's, he's actually rubbish at traditional wizard skills. Uh, yeah, you're 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 the Doogie Hauser of, like, and that's a natural one for my Arcana check. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> you better take that cheese board. Okay, okay, a natural one. You really try hard. You think back to all of your lessons at the Wizard Sleeve of everything they ever taught you about how to detect magic and its uh, aura. And you, you, you lower your breathing. You come to a happy place, as, as calm as you can be. You think back to happy thoughts of the otters and little times you had with them. Um, thinking now that you've replaced that loss with Cato the crow, who's been reunited with you, who's currently like plushing his feathers a little bit. Cato's currently, um, trying to commune with the little owlbear plushie. Um, as you feel a sense of peace and out of the middle of the detritus, you see something glowing. Oh, I reach out for it. As you go, moving things out the way, there's this all sorts of shit. Um, you 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 pick up a fishing rod and tackle and just throw it to one side, and you see a coil of rope that you just kick to one side. Now you see two glowing lights coming from the pile of rubbish in the corner. I go to pick them up, thinking that there must be something good. But I have a, I, I, I second guess myself. Like, can I, can I check to see if there's like a trap or something? Or as you go, you reach in for the light. You move stuff out of the way. Your hand touches something cold and stone. As you rub out the way, you see the two eyes glare up and blaze as they move upwards. As detritus starts falling off, what you have now realised is the form of a clay golem. As a giant clay golem stands up out of the detritus, standing proud over the top of you, its arms and legs like thick trunks, as it looks down at you with its glowing eyes, fairly passively. Okay. Um... There's still shit raining down. It's got bits of kelp and seaweed over one shoulder. You know what a golem is, yes? It's like a, a Jewish robot. It's a Jewish robot, yes, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, yes, well done. Great, that'll go down great with um, uh, is it has it is can I does it seem to comprehend me or is it kinda just um 
It, it's well, it's a good question. What would you like to do with the golem at the moment? The golem is not making any kind of angry action towards you. It seems to be standing passively, towering over the top of you uh, at peace. Uh, I looked at Kate to the crow for like emotional support, and then looked at the golem and I say, "Well met, sir golem." As the golem looks at you, you see its mouth open. Clearly, its mouth has not opened in a long time. As you see um, a clay jaw crack open with like salt that's kind of almost uh, dried across it. As you see a set of clay teeth inside as the golem's eyes are now blazing. They've gone from like tight beams to like physical alive. It doesn't have an angry look about it. It's a, just a golem. It's a passive creature as it looks down at you and says, hello. <laughs> I can't wait Back. for this one. It's going to be brilliant. Uh it's nice to meet you. Please don't rip our arms off. We're just looking for some cheese. It would be my pleasure to not rip your arms off. I am merely here to help you in any way I can. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, okay. We're cancelled. We're <laughs> totally done. We're done. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, uh, could could you just so happens we're looking for the uh, the fifth Emmental? Do you know of it? I do not know what this fifth Emmental is, but I am here to help in any way that I can. Uh... For many years, people have spoken to me in fish tongue. I am not designed to answer to fish tongue. I am designed to answer only to the common tongue. So. Uh, listeners, uh, you can guess what the accent is on our Twitter feed, please. <laughs> I love it. It's a golem accent. Get, I, in, the, I, get I, in the comments. We live in a fantasy universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not all golems are Welsh. <laughs> Go, we love this country. Um, golem. <laughs> Um, well, this one might be French or might be Chinese. I'm not quite sure yet. Yeah, this, this is a non-geographic golem. Have 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 sure. did the fish people mistreat you? Did they put you in the corner here all by yourself? The fish people did not know what to do with me. They dragged me here. They shouted at me. They beat me. They dressed me up and they left me in the corner when I did not respond to their bidding. Bloody fish people! Um, if if you let's not make this racial. <laughs> I've got nothing against fish people, but I've got some really good friends with fish people, but... <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Um, Jesus When they come in and they're all, you know, breathing through their gills. Um, hey, I'm not sure we can be friends. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got nothing with respect for, for all life forms, be they, they fleshy or clay, as they are in your, your instance. I am designed to aid you in whatever it is that I can do. Can you fight? Because we might need to fight our way out. Much like an Amazon dot, I am designed to sit listening <laughs> passively. I have heard many conversations from the shaman. There is a spiritual chapel further down the cave network. Interesting. I would imagine any holy relic will be in Interesting. there. Interesting. And an Amazon dot is that um, 
it's that enchanted device made by the Amazon tribes, which contains a tiny imp that responds to voice commands, right? A tiny genie. Yeah. <laughs> that is correct. I am an Amazon golem. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, golem. Oh, by the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> um... If you wish to command me, simply say, Gollum! <laughs> Gollum! Gollum, what is the weather today? And I will say, today will be cloudy with a chance of showers. Do not forget your umbrella. There's a little, there's a little blue light that, on his head. That's been sorry. Um, okay, so if we were to exit this hut, it, I'm... I'm assuming, what size is the golem? Like, could we ride him? I mean, you could do. I mean, they're they're very, very strong and they're very large. He's currently... He's more than 10 foot tall. Could you carry me, my crow, and my uh, horny grandpa friend out of this house, (laughs) holding us aloft so that the fish people can't get to us? Golem would be happy to help you with any problem that you have. If you would like to ride me, I will happily carry you anywhere you wish. Scoop me up, big boy. Also, your friend appears to be in some level of distress. Oh, that's uh could this can I um can I use the uh the Albert plushie to calm emotions? Yes. But can it have the opposite effect because Aristobulus is so I, I just I, I wave the, the magic Albert. No way, Aristobulus. The Albert will make you feel better. Calm emotions! Yes, one of the effects of the plushy Albert is the calm emotions. And as you hand Aristobulus the plushy Albert, you just see all the colour rise up back into his face as he calms. Instantly, you see, taking him back to his days as a child, as a single tear rolls down his face, he's like, Oh god, this day has been it's been up and down, up and fucking down. I've never had a friend like this before. It's okay. So thank, thank you, Garland. Can the um, yeah? Uh, can can he scoop us up and take us out? Well, you're going to leave the other guys. Well, no, I, mean, I thought. Have to go past yeah, I thought we'd get out there and see the lay of the land. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's head out. Up, each of you sitting on one shoulder, one of you sitting on the left, one of you sitting on the right of his shoulders. He lifts you up as he literally just walks, pummeling a hole out the side of um, the <laughs> ramshackle uh, shack. The ramshackle shack. Um, as he takes you, checks map, he takes you further down the map. Come on. There we go. Uh-huh. Um, he's going to take you down the map towards the back right-hand corner where the large preponderance of green mushrooms are. Now, from your point of view, Tati, Hanash, you hear a big kerfuffle from inside the shaman's hut as the wall blows out of the shaman's hut as you see two of your close friends and colleagues riding on the shoulders of a um, towering clay golem. So are they, are they going down towards the bottom right-hand corner then? They certainly are. Okay. Um, can I? Um, there's just the there's just the one guy that was holding on to the hostages at the minute, isn't there? Or trying to wrangle the hostages, should I say? He's not really putting much effort into the hostages. He's currently more worried about the barbed arrow that's sticking out of his breathing apparatus. 
Oh, I'll solve that problem for him then. <laughs> um, it's, um, it's Hanash within five feet of him because he took out the other uh, one. Yes, yes, yes. I, I would say so. I mean, his mate is well. I mean, he was getting, he was trying to be some rudimentary help to his mate until he noticed that the fucking both the ground and the spirits themselves have just pulled his mate into the ground before someone else turned his head into like pedigree chum. Uh, yes, he's he's nearby and in a state of shock. Uh, so I take out another arrow and fire it at him, and I got a twenty-five to hit. Yeah, that was it. Uh, I'll I'll roll damage with some sneak attack. Just just give me a moment. Uh, that's another thirteen damage. That would do it. He had ten left. Uh, as he goes down, you see the arrow slamming through his chest plate, as in the center bone, as it goes through his internal organs. As you see him rock backwards, and he falls across the feet of the two stoned ewes who just give out a little scream as they do that kind of little skip over the top of him as his little body just his little body his body just lies on the floor twitching as he bleeds out onto the floor these these two kids couldn't be more scared if they tried um so as a bonus action could i um could i shout to the to the two stoner kids and the and the and marvin to try and get them to Come like to follow us essentially, or to come, or to come towards us. Do we know this? We saw them on the way in. I think. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Aristobulus had some dealing with them. I was um, picking the bits run off them. Marvin is precious cargo. They're just cargo. Okay. Maud, Maud basically said Maud left Marvin in their care and picked up a seashell at one point and threatened to ram it up their ass if any harm came to Marvin. So they're they're fairly um, keyed into. Marvin's welfare and staying close to the group. As I can say, just for the sake of storyline, looking around to make sure you've not been seen by anyone else, you leave the... Um, um, Catman Jones is literally... If you're listening to this in the future, Catman Jones, you're tweeting us whilst you're whilst we're recording this. You just <laughs> sent me a message that said, is a kindred of the mer people called a merkin? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> merkin is the plural of mer. We can say... Yeah, those those two people who just died were Merkins. They were they were brothers, right? Thank you very much, Catman Jones. There you go. We might not have a Twitch stream, but we have live in stream questions. Ready ho. So, yes, I will say for the sake of narrative, you scoop up the two. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so I'd like to help these two young kids and like wash off all of them in Vistra. So I'd like to grab them both like from the back and just kind of like dunk them in the pool and kind of splash them around a bit and get them out. It's all right, Len. I mean, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right, <laughs> it's all right I was thinking up. of like a beautiful emotional moment. Have you ever seen the film Aliens? Have we? Have we seen Aliens? Yeah. Remember where Ripley cleans up Newt yeah. and she just gets a little cloth? Yeah, I was thinking that. You're thinking grab them by the <laughs> and, and dunk them in a drowning pool next to a bunch of skulls. Yes. 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 Okay. Good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Tough love. Um. Okay, yes. I mean, they were howling when they went in. They're whimpering when they came out. Right time. You may be a little rough and ready with them, but you're very delicate with Marvin, uh, who you just wipe some of the gore off Marvin because you see Maud's watching you from the edge of the cottage as you all hot-tail it to the golem. That Now, the thing about golems is they may be strong, they may be sentient, but they are not fast. As the golem is plodding along, um, you can hear the poof, poof, kind of his steps 
as you all get in tow with him. Can I, seeing that the golem is creating a lot of noise and he's quite slow, can I do a perception check around us to see if any of the other fish people are starting to like, yep. a, a, pay attention to us, or B, like starting to like come at us with weapons? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a natural one, so I don't see shit. Looking around, you all you're picking up are the screams and howls from the. <laughs> you trip up and put a sharpened rock and seashell into your eyes. <laughs> um, the only thing you're getting is a kerfuffle coming from the school area. Now you got to remember, you put down a very nice distraction in the school, and there's a limited militia or set of you know guards in this place. All of them went to the school to deal with that, you silently, you didn't use any explosions or booms or, you know, you used two arrows to the gut and a bunch of briars. So you've managed to stay on the down low as far as you can tell. As far as you can tell is is where I'm going to say. Now, what I'm going to say at this point, let's grab a quick drinks break because this punctuates the episode really nicely um, between here and the chapel that you're heading towards. Excellent. Sick. Um, so... Smoke, have you got them? Refresh your drinks, pet your cats, and I will see you back here in five minutes. And also, that is a traditional golem accent. I did, I did research. You watched the X Files episode with the golem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, a traditional. That I just spun the wheel. <laughs> I'm, I'm an equal accent. I thought I'm an equal I accent. I'm a, an equal opportunity. Very good. equal accent opportunity. <laughs> I enjoy the every sentence as well yeah that was that was the best part that he changed with every sentence i really enjoy it no hey i love it yeah yeah yeah. no well the golem changed with every sentence i I thought it was very consistent it was all all the seaweed there's a lot of salt and there's a lot of kind of like fouille de mer kind of all up in his voice box and it's all slowly kind of it's all slowly moving nice i enjoyed it Good. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. Don't want any sass off you. <laughs> right, good. Oh, my God. It's all I have. CM5. All right. All right. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao for now. Yeah, so we're going to we're going to Austin. We're going to apparently drive to San Antonio, which would be cool. Go to the Alamo, hopefully. Oh yes. Um, and then go up to Dallas for a few days, and then go to Chicago because you can never get bored of Chicago. Um, Do you reckon like America? Someone in Texas right now talking about their holiday to England, and they'll be like, <laughs> "We're going to go to Luton. We're going to get off at Luton. Make sure your um, make sure your luggage doesn't get a Gatwick." <laughs> yeah. And then we're gonna uh, we're gonna take in a bit of reading. Gonna go to Greg's, um, which might, is a... might, might go Greg C. Slough, <laughs> maybe. Right, come on then, let's get this shit show back on the road. So, <laughs> oh dear God, this is gonna go so badly wrong. Right, okie doke. As you are all carried, not all of you, some of you are carried on the shoulders of a golem. As um, he stomps his way down the map, you make your way to a rear part of the cave with a set of large wooden double reinforced doors made out of fairly chunky-looking wood. 
as he pushes them open using his strong clay arms. You hear them creak on their hinges as dust and stones descend from above. As he pushes in, you see a chapel, a large opened atrium of a chapel with various seating arrangements and a altar at the far end. As you push your way in, you stop and take in the majesty of this underground fishy chapel to blibdle poop. I I give the golem a um, evils because I I feel like it's taking over my role as big man of the group. He doesn't see, I kind of do it into the back of his head. And yeah, I'm going to be a bit like self-conscious for the next like 30 minutes probably. (laughs) On the back of his head, you see a plug, not like a Electrical plug, but like uh, like a plug as in an opening which is plugged up. Okay, notice. Can I use a uh, mold earth to give him some like flames, like cool flames, like a, a, a design? Yes, he's made of clay. You can use mold earth. I paint, to, I paint, uh, retro- I paint him black, but with flames going up his legs. So cool. Makes it look like he's going faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the. You want to give him flames? Yeah. All right. I give him some holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some cool like battle damage. Yeah, yeah. As he looks down at himself, he is like, "I am not sure what it is you are doing to me." Just, just a little bit of. I am one. Uh, As you see him look at his legs and his arms with flame patterns on them now, and various spikes down one arm, he's like, "This was not necessary, but if it makes you happy." Then I am all for it. Yes. One one day, Golem, you'll you'll find out that uh, self expression and finding yourself is the the key to a happy life. Does he does he have a name? I look forward to many happy conversations with you, Crocobone. <laughs> but right now I was told to take you to the chapel and I have got you to the chapel. Behold. Can I make an investigation check to look for the um to look for the Emmental? Investigation or perception. Yep, 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 yep. As you um, turn around, you see the golem behind you just close the doors. He's he's sort of worked out that he's he's yeah he's he's shut the doors and just standing against them to prevent them opening. If anyone wants to come in, as you yeah, make me a what do you do? Investigation, perception. What do you do? Either or, it's your choice. Well, what are you, are you looking for? Something specific, or are you just trying to take in the? I want to look for the uh, want to look for the Emmental, especially if, if, Aris, if Aristobulus has still got the locate object diviner going. Could I get advantage? No, he doesn't because he's holding onto a plushy bear that's made him go like flaccid. Um, didn't he? I will roll straight. Uh, it's a twenty-one. Twenty-one. As you walk around the chapel, first of all, rows and rows of pews. With each pew, they're fashioned out of wood. They're, they're not uniform like you'd see in a church, but they are seating. As you make your way forwards onto a raised step, first of all, you see a dais, which uh, the holy man would stand in and address. But of the the crowds, but obviously there's no one here. Um, various statues of various uh, Kuatoan gods, obviously. You've seen the statue, the large statue of the lady with the hands of a lobster and the head of a lobster. Um, and the body of a lobster? Woman. Oh. She's all woman. Did you not say, 
the lobster with the body of a woman. No, she's got the hands of a lobster, claws, and she's got the head of a lobster, like, there, but she's very much a woman anatomically. Okay. I thought you were just being a prick. I thought you were just like... A, a god person with the hands of a lobster and the body right. and head would you, of a would lobster. You, would you like to Google blibdle poop? Or would you like me to send you a picture of blibdle poop? I'd prefer the second one. No, I, I like the mental picture that you described. Oh, oh, hello, you found blibdle poop. Oh, it's poop. a thing. I thought, you'd, I thought you'd... Oh, oh my goodness. No, blib, blibdle poop is one of the deities of the Kuatoans. I didn't make it up. I feel, feel bad for... See what I'm talking about now? I feel like I'm guilty of some kind of bigotry for assuming that Lipdor poop. It's like every, every uh, teenage fisherman's wet dream. Yeah. Right. Well, this is, have you, uh, you're still describing things, aren't you? Once you're just done describing things, I've got something I want to do. Yeah. What, what, okay. what okay. happened with my investigation? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All, right, basically, underground cavernous chapel, various stone-hewn um, deities on the walls, most of which have a marine theme to them. Uh, and then behind you see an altar with a tapestry made out of all sorts of different cloths, some of which you're discerning are made out of hemp, rope, and sailcloth of things that have washed up. Um, you see like a stone plinth behind the dais. Is that in front of the like the kind of hemp, hemp rope thing? Oh, no, sorry, that's draped over it. Imagine, imagine like oh, a raised right. stone plinth, much with like a cloth over the top of the cloth. Is kind of looks like it was made on Etsy, which is made up of all different sort of nice materials. This is very much an upcycling culture. They make do and mend. They're progressive. I'm going to go over to the plinth and um, just examine that. I guess. Can I do something really quick first? Yes, uh, yes, yes. So can I just check, can I do a perception check on the door and make sure no one's, like, followed us? And then if no one has, I want to close close the doors. Sorry, I, I already said the, the golem closed the doors and the golem is oh, standing really? uh, okay, the door. No, the, the golem is, is acting as a doorstop on the wrong side of the door. So should anyone come in, they will hit the back of a um, three-ton clay golem. No worries, no worries. He's got your back. I mean, he's incapable of liking you. He merely does what he's told. They, by merit of the fact that he doesn't speak Kuwaitoan. He doesn't speak Kuwaitoan, so they were of absolutely no use to him. So he just sat prone until someone who spoke common chatted to him, and then he came back online. Probably just sat around catching up on Netflix for a few years. I feel about the golem how Boyle feels about the robot in the party scene on 99, where he pushes it off, <laughs> off the balcony. That's the relationship I have. You're going to get drunk and all of your insecurities are going to come out. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's standing there passively, just not doing anything. He's standing stock still. He doesn't even move, not like a human that would rock backwards and forwards or their chest would go up and down breathing. He is an animated clay object. He is absolutely stock still. The only thing that moves on him are the glowing of his eyes. Cool. He also has a passive. He's not aggressive. He's just He just is. Could he ever be aggressive? I think he could. You yeah, feel like if you uh, attacked him, could he get aggressive to you? Or is he just incapable of aggression? I think he will. Is it well, iron? It, it would depend how much you know about golems. I don't know how much Hanash knows about golems. Yeah, okay. you, can, you can make me a nature check if you want, or, or an arcana yeah, check even. I'd, I'd do a practical experiment if I, if I were going to go that route. <laughs> that route. I suppose headphones can't lose. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, do, I find any, do I find anything else on the, on the plinth? Do you, me- do you remember that rare scene that no one ever saw in Terminator where John Connor just repeatedly punches the Terminator <laughs> to see what he'll do? 
Not until he loses his shit and rips his arm off. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, right, what, what are you doing? Sorry, Tati did one thing. So, so you, what I'm getting from this is Hanash doesn't trust the golem. I hate mannequins. That's a thing. I'm not going to apologize. I don't trust mannequins in shops, and I never take my eyes off them because one day they will fucking come alive and kill us all. That's, I trust the golem. I just don't like it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sounds like the basis of all good relationships. Um, Tati, you are at the altar. Is there anything on the? Is there anything else on the plinth? Uh, two metal candle holders with two waxy tallow candles, which have got drippings down them, and judging by the smell of them, they're made of like fat, not beeswax. Can I? Mm, can I ascertain how freshly melted the wax is? If someone, if someone has, if someone has been there recently and like just blown it out and then ran. All right, Sherlock Holmes, uh, <laughs> make me a perception check, please. Seventeen. Seventeen. Licking the candle. No, <laughs> there's a bit in the last episode where you put your finger in blood and I'm like, <laughs> and you stick it in your mouth and you're like, I do not stick it in my mouth. Uh, no. Just to cut this ridiculous story short, uh, looking at the candle, it's cold. The wick is cold. Okay. The wax is hard. Name of the episode. Uh, the wick is cold. The wax is hard. There's nothing in there that would. Um, there's nothing in there that would say that it's been used in the last couple of hours. Um, okay. It's at this that you notice a door at the back behind the altar. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. Uh... I guess just whistle and like get everyone's attention and point over towards the door, um, and then just like keep an eye on it as I'm moving towards it. Yeah, you're, are you going to leave the golem at the door to keep everyone out? Looking at the size of the door, I don't think the golem's going to make it through anyway, unless yeah. he gets down on his hands and knees. Um, as you as you make it to um, the door, it's got a curtain in front of it. Now you only noticed it because of the brass door handle. As you move the curtain to one side, the curtain seemingly made out of the same fabric that was over the top of the plinth and altar. As you open the door, you push into a chamber out the back. Now you see some pretty weird shit here. You see, um, you see a table with four discs on it and the discs each have a symbol on it. Um, the symbols are a fish, an octopus, um, a seahorse, and a lobster. What are the discs on? Is it like a contraption where there's like four holes? No, no, no. As you pick one up, they're just made of stone. Uh, they're just on a wooden table. You have th- you have four discs. This is turning very crystal maze. <laughs> you have four discs, each with a symbol on them. One has a fish, one has a squid. Or an octopus. Apologies if they're not the same thing to a marine biologist, but they are to me. A fish, an octopus, uh, a seahorse, and a lobster. Can I do like a history check to think if I've seen like these symbols around the village? Like, like, I've not really noticed it, but like maybe like now I've seen them. I put. To, to uh, you can um, hang on. You can make me a straight up wisdom check. Just chuck everything to one side and make me a wisdom check. Could I do something similar, but related to the the statues that were by the altar in the um, in the chapel? Yeah. 
Would that be? Would that just be a straight wisdom check as well? Yeah, go on. You can make me separate wisdom checks. I got a natural one. A natural one. Um, as you pick one of them up, you're looking at it as it slips out of your hand as it hits the stone below. Everyone turns around as you hear a shattering noise. As you look down, it's still in one piece. It's still in one piece. As you pick it up and put it back into your hands, which are still slick with the uh, gore and viscera from mauling a fish into the ground. Amazingly, you haven't managed to fuck this puzzle up uh, as everyone looks at you in the kind of butterfingers. It's not made out of chocolates, lads. Um, Tati, what did you get? Eleven. Eleven. Yeah, nothing nothing much resonating with you. Um, it's You hear a cough behind you as Maud points to the behind you. As you look, um, has anyone got a light cantrip? I'm pretty sure Matt does. Uh, no, I don't, but I do have a torch. Let's, for the sake of narrative, say someone lights up a torch, and as the light reflects off the slick cavern walls, you see on the far side of the room four circles in the wall, about the same size and shape as the four discs that you have on the table. Well, they're not on the table anymore, because you're all manhandling them, and the half-orc nearly smashed one on the floor. Um, you'd have to fashion one out of mud if <laughs> if you broke one. <laughs> um as you turn around and stand, Tatty, you're about to walk forwards as you notice now for the first time the floor between here and the holes on the circle is a grid like a chessboard. And it looks something a little bit like this. I'm going to share something with you. I will put this in the social media as well for all of our keen-eyed followers. Um, you see this on the floor. Ooh. Every square has an engraving on them, and they all rough they all match up to the symbols that are on the, the the four discs. You're currently standing just below row five at the bottom. And the and the, the kind of um the like receptacle bits that like lined up with the, the different pages. Are on the other the, side. On the other side. Okay. On the other side, yeah. You've got five rows and columns. You've got, basically you're on the other side of a chessboard. So were the oh, sorry, I didn't remember what you said to Chris about the were, were, were the four like pillars for all these in the other room? Did we say? Or, or no. Was it just like no, 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 no. Nope. Uh, I look around for these symbols everywhere in the chapel. The only place you see the symbols after much investigation are on the floor, on the grid, repeated, and on the little discs. That you now some someone has in their possession, or you can leave on the table. Totally up to you. Is the is it the same on both sides of the disc? One side's blank, one side's engraved. Okay, they're they're about the size of a coaster. If that gives you some sort of like a like a coffee coaster size, and you can see on the other side four holes on the wall. I take Kato out okay. of my satchel and I say I put him down on square C five, and I say go Kato. You put him down on C5. Yeah. Okay. You put him down on C5. Oh, that's an Indiana Jones bullshit. This is some Sudoku shit. Yeah, but now I'm out, out. In the bag or out of the bag? Out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Retrospective out of the bag. 
And I, 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 I kind of did that as a joke, but now I'm worried it's going to have a consequence. But let's see where this takes us. You can fly. As you put Kato um, down on um, C5, um, I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw for Kato. Eight. Does that pass or... Oh, right, yes, I see, right. He got eight. As um, a blow dart comes out the wall and slams into the side oh of Kato. Oh, no, no, no. Kato takes... Um... <laughs> Why do you like this? Um, Kato takes um, four points of piercing damage as a blow dart pins into the side of Kato as he just keels over as you just hear a voice saying, you son of a bitch! Oh god, Kato, I'm sorry, I didn't know that'd be blowed up. I thought this was one of those nice puzzles. Uh, you just see Kato with a massive spike sticking out of him. How many health points has Kato got? I don't, I, uh, How many health points does the crow have? I don't have, like, am, am I supposed to have a, a sheet for him? Oh dear, go on, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. Hang on, let me see if I can find Restrained crow. That's wrong. This is stuff I probably should have. So, well, I mean, uh, he's got one d four minus one. So, a crow has one d four. So, Kato is on death's door. Kato is now unconscious. As you see, Kato just go. He's just taken four points of damage. The crow has one d four minus one. So, Kato is rapidly bleeding out. You've drowned him. Had him abducted, and now you've just blow darted him to the side of the sky. Well, I, have, I haven't blow darted him. I've placed him in the path of a blow dart. But can um... <laughs> um, Aristobulus go up and, and spare the dying on Kato so that he's only unconscious and not making death saving throws? Yeah. Yes, if somebody wishes to mark that off, I will. Well, that's a, that's a cantrip, so he can. Aristobulus steps forward yeah. and brushes his magical long fingers. Picking up the sentient crow's limp body, Aristobulus rips the fashioned dart out of it as he stabilizes him. What are you doing with his limp, lifeless body? I'll place it gently back in my satchel. Say, <laughs> just rest, rest there. We'll, uh, we'll get. <laughs> we can Photoshop him out of the artwork with you, Belsiar. No one ever knows. <laughs> we just paid for that, and now he's dead. Um, well, you just need like Photoshop, like um, all sassy looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, I've got an idea. You've just put the lifeless body of your friend into your satchel, like he's a half-eaten sandwich. You might come back to later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Can God. I wait? Let me figure this out first. Uh... Okay, there's no way I can do this. We could brute force it. You can try and jump over the whole thing. I mean, I could, but I won't. Well, I was. Well, I mean, I'd like to throw something big at it and then hide behind something big. Are you sure Gollum can't fit in here? There's, there's no way you can fit through a, a little door. He's like ten feet tall. He's going to be at least like four or five feet wide, something like that. Okay. Um, does anyone have anything like a big blast radius? I do. Is there, any, is there anything that the, there's a table in this room, isn't there? Because the coins run something. Yeah, yeah. How big's the table? Oh, um, look at look at small 
a small table, not not like a dinner table. It's just a small functional table in a church to hold a couple of books and like a, like a tiny table, like about a meter there, across. Is there anything else in the room like this side of the board now? No. There's a cloth over the top of the table. There were four discs on top of the table, which you picked up. So you have stood on C5 and blow darted yourself. Um, can I... Um, ooh, can I take the lobster coin, coaster, whatever it is, token, um, and step on D5? Oh. Picking up the lobster token in one hand, are you leaving the other three tokens behind you? I'll put them on the table. So. so picking up the lobster token in one hand, you very, very tentatively step forwards with a foot out. You step onto the lobster plate, closing your eyes. It holds underneath you and you stand there. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn around and gesture that I've got the lobster token in my hand and I'm going to step forward onto D4. I have an idea first. What if we step back and we throw a coin on it and see if anything happens? Or maybe something heavy to see if it is the, the relic or if it is just like a lucky step, maybe. That's a good idea. We're gonna do that first. I'm gonna so I'm gonna I'm gonna step back off of the grid. Uh, I'm gonna take a, um might need to be heavier than a piece of copper. Uh, is there a book in the room or anything like that? Yeah, like a book or a rock anywhere. Uh, I, I, is there a chair? There's a table. There's a table. Uh, I'll throw the table on D5. Uh, yeah. We'll take the... No, no. Like he's mage hand. I'm going to... Yeah, punch D5. Yeah, just like... Because it can do like five pounds of pressure or something like it can, that. It can, so carry you... ten, it can carry ten pounds. So I, I would say that means it can push down with a yeah. force of ten pounds. I think it meant the note rather than... No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, boom, boom. Uh, as you take out your mage hand, a giant spiritual hand appearing before you, it floats in midair as you use it to press down on the lobster, which is on D4. No, uh, nothing D5, happens. D5, D5. Yeah. Oh, sorry, D5, yeah, uh, nothing happens. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. That's weird. Okay. Do you want to test it on D4? Or? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to... Well, it's your, it's your yeah, body. I was going to do that anyway, so yeah. I'll t- I'll, I'll, I've got the lobster token in my hand. I jump onto D5 and then step forward onto, onto D4. Um, great, yeah. Still holding the lobster token as you step forward onto D4. Um, the floor cracks open in front of you and you fall through into a pool of water looking down you feel something sharp grabbing onto you as you see a furious uh, lobster you're now inside that little square inside some salt water as a lobster is snapping at you um fairly large lobster too um d5 held d4 you're currently wrestling with a lobster did i what was it like a what was it like a full hole like to drop down like yeah the, the floor didn't take your weight as it cracked underneath you and dumped you into a little vat with a lobster as you're currently um you feel the claws of the lobster come at you as um the the lobster is going to make a snapping attack against you as it gets it gets seventeen to hit that hits as um you take um, hold fire. 
you take three points of piercing damage as a as a lobster claw clamps onto your earlobe as you you feel like a screaming as as your ear is getting slowly mangled by a by a lobster. <laughs> it's fairly light. Three points of damage, did you say? Yeah, you've just taken three points of damage to a rather violent looking large lobster. Uh can I um fucking get myself out of this hole? Uh how deep is it? Does it does it like drop all the way down into a pit? Yeah, it's like a pool of water. You're currently free swimming in a pool of water fighting a, a lobster. I, I say does anyone have any rope? Well, I'm gonna grab it's the. Trying to, it's trying to claw your ear off currently. Well, fuck the lobster. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my hands up on the on the top of the tile and try and like pull myself out. That's what you're doing on your turn. All right. Oh, are we? Are we in initiative? You bring We're not in initiative. Okay. I was just gonna say, can I use the Albert plushie to calm Tati down so he, <laughs> so he has the mental fortitude? Because I imagine it must be quite a shock. Uh, Tati. As you um, drag yourself, uh, or try and drag yourself, can can you make me a um, strength saving throw as you try and pull yourself out of a pool of water with a lobster, a, a giant lobster attached to your ear hole? Uh, Eleven. Eleven. I mean, you're struggling on the lip. You're trying to pull yourself down, and this thing is wrestling with you as you attempt to pull yourself up. Um, everyone is now attuned to the fact that um, one of the um, one of the um, tiles is now broken and there's a pile of water and Tati is thrashing around with a marine beast. What are you all doing? Screaming. Yeah, I ask anyone if they have any rope to help Tati with. I do not. Uh, I have a harpoon, which I've just picked up. Can I, can I shoot the lobster with a harpoon? I agree. Sure. <laughs> I snipe it. I hate everyone. Right no, now. Yeah. Uh, the lobster is the bottom of my list. How do I do you, want to, do you want to do that? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to shoot okay. the... Uh, I don't have anything to... Hang on. Um, Wait, how big is this fucking lobster? I've been treating it as a very minor threat. It's quite big. It's about the size of you as a gnome. It's about not, the size of me! It's huge. It's not huge like a monstrosity, but it's big for a lobster. It's, That's it's, big. That's a fucking yeah, monstrosity. Yeah, it's big. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's trying to rip your ear off and you're trying to clamber out the tank. Yeah, but, I didn't realise it was fucking fatter than I am. <laughs> Fuck me! I thought it just clicked off my ear and was just going like this. No, no, it's not a tiddler. This is bigger than your average. You know, we're not talking about, like, Godzilla size, but we're talking about bigger than your average. Um, can I use... Uh, there isn't a... I can't find a specific harpoon. Uh, I could use a... Uh, harpoon as a weapon in Dungeons & Dragons... Uh, you would be looking at... Oh, my God, I'm having IT problems today. Uh, you would be looking at... Um, just make me a... Uh, roll a d20 and add me uh, three. Let's You're at point-blank range. Tati, as you look up, you see the light glinting off the point of something very sharp that's pointing towards your nose as it slowly goes to one side. As you look up into the reassuring face of Belsiar... Who rolls... No, 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 no! We're all just, uh, a three plus three, so that's six. Um, as he fires it, as it goes whizzing past your ear between you and the lobster, uh, narrowly missing, piercing your ear as the water explodes with the harpoon. Okay. Um, can I, realising that the lobster is an actual threat... Uh, <laughs> I'm Not gonna... the fact that is just taking this all in giggling <laughs> to himself. <laughs> He's just like, come on. Silly little gnome. 
uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take out my dagger and as a bonus action, which I think I can do. Bonus action. Bonus action. Steady aim. As a bonus action, you give yourself advantage on your next attack roll on the current turn. Um, okay. Uh, so um, you've got advantage on your next attack roll. Hanash, do you want to do anything before this lobster comes back for seconds? I get out my blunderbuss. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, go on then. The line, just a line of people lining up to shoot at Tati with various weapons. Uh, I put my dagger into my mouth and I jump in head first into the water. <laughs> Amazing. Piratical style, you jump in behind the lobster. I'll say that's your movement. Do you want to make an attack? Yeah, I like stab it in the neck. Go on then, get out there. Lobsters don't have necks, famously, but I see what you mean, yes. Yeah, the bit between the head and the body, I guess. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the... Oh, that's not it's not work. a giraffe, <laughs> it's a lobster. It doesn't have a neck. Uh, 21 to hit. I'm guessing it's not got the best armor here. All right. Um, nine, but I get another action because I have does, does actions. Um, so I'm going to go again with the dag- dagger. So I'm like, bah, bah, bah. Um, so hold on. Natural 20 uh, to hit. Natural 20. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do they have eyes? Yeah, yeah they've got eyes. Yeah, yeah. I, I stabbed the fucker in the eye. <laughs> another nine, so 18 damage. 18 damage. You just go at it like you're, you're like, ree, 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 ree. as you like, Tatty, you feel the claw on your ear go limp. You've closed your eyes because you're that scared. Having narrowly missed being ear pierced by a harpoon, you just see your friend dive in and uh, full pirate style Hanash just goes at it as you see the body of the um, lobster go limp. Um, as Hanash not how much. As Belsia, you fancy a bit of lobster thermidor? You could probably get some. Uh, you could probably get some magic going here. Cook him yeah. up nice with some cheese. Just wait until the rest of us get out the fucking pool before you do it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give Hanash a nod and um, and then pulling right. yourself up. You both sit on the lip of D five. So yeah. D four is a pit of water. You can both comfortably sit on D five, and it will take your weight. So I think I've worked this out, guys. Mm. Um, okay. The the symbol is the animal that's underneath there. So just step on the one with the seahorse. We'll fall in, but you can just climb out because seahorses. This is where there's like a magical seahorse that's got like lasers. Omega <laughs> 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 oh, <mega> seahorse. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, Belsia. How about you? How about you go on C four then? Can I? Well, I mean, yeah, I yeah, I pick up the seahorse token and I say I'm always willing to put my money where my mouth is, and I step boldly onto C four. Onto what? C four. C four. D four already collapsed. C four. C four. Charlie four. Good. Charlie four. Charlie four. She saw the she saw on the C four. C4 is in Charlie 4, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um... Belsiard dies. <laughs> Instant death. The giant seahorse appears. Kato, Kato, Kato wakes up just to say, Vindication! <laughs> As you step onto C4, which is the seahorse, 
the floor cracks open underneath you and you fall onto a set of stone spikes. Oh, no. Underneath. Oh, no, that's as even you, worse. As you land on top of them, um, I will allow you to try and make a dexterity saving throw. God. That's even worse than a lobster. Uh, Twelve. Uh, no, as you as you go in, you you take um, you take some damage. You take five points of piercing damage as you feel a sharp scraping as the stone spike goes up the inside of your crocoborn thigh. As you feel um, a pain, as you're 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 almost Vlad the Impaled <laughs> on a piece of um, it's narrowly missed your croco junk as uh, it goes up the inside of your thigh. As you take five points of piercing damage. Um, the only tile that you found so far that is sturdy is D5. Right. I, I call up from the pit. I, right. I think we can. We have enough uh, evidence now to come to some kind of logical conclusion, right? Uh, yes, in, in, indubitably. Uh, I, I add, oh. I go into D5 and then I go on to... E4, because surely that is the only option that is available. <laughs> Big as you are, looking at your friends, one of, like, Tatty's got a bleeding ear hole from a lobster. You're still covered in, like, lobster bisque. And um, you see... Um, you see Belsiar just sitting with croco blood oozing out of a rather wicked-looking wound up his inner thigh. Um, he's got his green slick blood pouring out. You close your eyes and you take a step of faith onto E4. As you land on top of it, it holds firm. Woo! Okay, so now we've got two options. So we've got seahorse or we've got shark. Or fish. Yeah. Um, or fish. At this at this point, I just like to I just like to check where the rest of the tokens are because I've got the I've got the lobster one. Did someone? Belsiar, did you I take one? Seahorse one. Okay, I'm gonna get off of D5 and grab the other two to make sure that they're with us. Essentially, can I um, flick a coin, a bronze coin, onto E3, please? And can I put my shield in front of myself, like uh, after I do it, or as I do it? Uh, you want to pick up what and throw it onto E3? Uh, so I've got like coins, just like my money. I want to throw like uh, oh your pouch, yeah, yeah. You can uh, you can toss your your coin pouch onto E three onto the fish. A whole it's not the whole thing. Pouch. I'm just going to take a coin oh, and put it on. Oh, just a coin. Oh, sorry. Right. I thought, like if sorry, I thought you were going for weight. In my yeah. mind, I was thinking of Indiana Jones and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where has that shitty bit with the um, <laughs> uh, with the pouch. Right. Uh, so you've gone D. Five with the lobster. You've gone E4 with the squid. You yep. are now chucking a single coin onto E3. Correct. Um, nothing happens. Can I wait before you do it? Before you do anything, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go onto D5 and then E4. I'm gonna just like very gently nudge past Hunash, and I'm gonna yeah. take out take out an arrow and fire it at E3. Just to make sure, from a weight perspective, that yeah. we're not fucking with anything right here. Because one coin mm-hmm. is one thing, but like a, a, an arrow is different. Make me an attack roll. Okay. I've got my shield in front of us, so like I'm guessing you're like 
aiming over the shield side of the shield. Yeah, yeah. I'll, probably, I'll probably, go, probably go below the shield, if yeah. anything. And then, yeah, uh, that's an 18. Um, everyone kind of lowers themselves, waiting for the ricochet as it, as it fires around, but it hits it. Nothing happens. The um, shaft of the arrow just shatters from point blank range as you've hit stone. Nothing happens. So I want to sit down on E4, and then I want to kick uh, E3 with my heel. Um, kicking it with your heel, nothing happens. Okay, I stand. I stand on E3. Standing on E3. Um, Don't fuck me. You're you're absolutely fine. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Uh, I stand on D2. D2. Yeah. Uh, D2. You are absolutely fine. Four. Excellent. Well done. I don't know where we go now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. We have three options now. <laughs> Two are fish, one something else, so I'd be tempted to go for the odd one out. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna follow Hunash onto D2. I put my shield in front of me. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I did before and take another arrow and uh, fire it at the plate that is E1. Okay. Your, your way, arrow. An arrow. Yeah, make, make me the same attack roll. I'm only really worried about natural ones, but... Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, 24. Damn it, I was hoping you'd just shoot your foot into the trap. Uh, nothing happens, it just explodes onto the squid of D1 and shatters into a billion pieces. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I have, all, I have three of the tokens. Do you want to test it? <laughs> I sit down on D2... And with my right heel, <laughs> I bash E1. E1. Nothing happens with just you you putting your 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 toes in. Let me just give me one minute. I just need to calculate something. Sorry. Oh god. Oh god. We'll cut this bit out of the podcast, don't worry. How many D twelves of damage are you about to roll? I think the I think it's with E1. I I don't I've not worked out the code yet. My only guess is you can't step on the same one. It's... Yeah, so that that was my thinking, but then because yeah. there's five rows, I didn't know if there was something else. Yeah. Um, so lobster, squid. Right, which, which way are you going? Come on. He's he's just tested E1. So I've sat down on D2, and I'm, yeah. I'm kind of extending my leg. I'm throwing my heel down on E1, and then I'm recoiling it and hiding behind my shield. Nothing, nothing happens with just your heel. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I skip onto E1 and then to the other side. Um, falling, as, as, as you step onto E1, it cracks um, open and fire engulfs you. Um, I will give you the opportunity. Um, you can't push onto the other side. It just physically won't let you. Um, but... I will give you a dexterity saving throw as you feel the sudden whoosh of fire. Okay. When AJ says nothing happens with just your foot, it means when you step on it, bad things will happen. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) Dexterity. 20. Unnatural. Unnatural 20. So you would have taken six points. You feel something's wrong as the air ignites around you. Diving backwards, you feel your right arse cheek on fire as you take three points 
of burning damage. You would have taken twice as much had you not had your wits about you. Um, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right, chap is um, sizzled. I stand on D1. <laughs> You stand on D1 as, um, as again, it cracks open. Um, I'm going to have a water. (laughs) (laughs) Fall into some lobster. As you fall into it, um, everything goes black. You, you lose, you lose your eyesight. You fall Uh, into it and you just go completely blind. There's no orders to this, is there? This is just random. There is. No, there is. One of the feces is called. Oh, I should have gone, oh, maybe C2. I didn't think <laughs> Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I, do I have um, a reaction? To you? You're currently in D1, yeah? Um, I use my boots of Strident to jump back. Jumping back. I'm going to need you to make me a dexterity saving throw. You are blind. You've been blinded. You need to set your status to blind. Yeah, but I'm jumping, like, almost directly up, aren't I? No, I'm just saying, you can't can't see. Your status is now blind until someone heals you. Saving throw or other dexterity? Straight up dexterity. Yeah. 19. 19, I say that's enough. You see him go in, you hear a hollow little howl as he leaps back out and lands on D2, as you just hear Hanash just quietly whimpering as he's like, I can't can't (laughs) see. (laughs) Can I still not see? Are you, no, you, you've, been, you've been magically blinded. Your, your oh, status. I thought I went into like a really dark place. I didn't realize I was no. blinded. No, 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 no. This isn't, okay. this isn't all about physical damage. You're now physically blind until somebody heals you. I'm blind! Do I exist? Ah! Okay. Duncan! PJ! I'm blind! <laughs> PJ, can, man, I, I'm blind. can I just like put my... I'm going to... Wait. I'm not tall enough to put my hand on his shoulder, but I'll just put my hand on Honasha's arm <laughs> and say, hey, wait here. You're safe right here. As, as the little half-orc curls up into a fetal position. Um, right. So, I mean, at the moment, uh, we've left Belsiar sitting on one of them bleeding. Um, we've... Um, <laughs> we've got Hanash lying curled up in a fetal position on the seahorse of D2. What are you doing, Tati, as you stand next to him on D2? Um, fuck, the test really didn't work, did it? That was that. That was some sneaky shit. You uh, get the feeling at this point that this trap is not just mechanical, it's magical, and it has been set to a point where merely pissing about with the laws of physics won't trigger it. It's looking for will and intent. You should have known that by the fact you put Kato on it and it tried to kill him. Well, no, but... Crows don't weigh much. I mean, the crow could have been fucking six feet long for all we know. Um, As you you look back at the giant dead lobster, there's... Can I... Currently on CD5. Can I... Realising that the the bow and arrow trick really wasn't working and... Uh, Hanash's trick of bum waddling and hitting things with his with his foot wasn't working. Can I? Um, I don't know whether this would be like a religion check or an insight check or something like that. Can I just like take a second to like s- try and center myself and think about the 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 person that gave us this task to find the Emmental and like the. Um, 
Chandra, the um, the goddess of like balance and like past and future and the fates and shit like that, um, and just try and I don't know, like Tati's not a religious person, so it would be like him improvising in a way that is like reaching out and seeing if something reaches back. I get the feeling that the gods often like a penitent person who comes to them in humility rather than lots of pomp and swagger. And despite the fact you don't know Chandra, there's, you know, you, you can, you can make an appeal if you wish. I mean, you're slumped down next to the blind and whimpering form of the half orc next to you as you try and give him scant solace. Belsiar, you look over his bleeding croco blood out of his croco junk. Uh, your own ear, you suddenly realise, you know, with the adrenaline going on, you feel your own ear and it's slick with blood as you realise you've got a flesh wound on your ear. Um, Aristobulus is on the other side, trying to reach out to Hanash to cure him, but can't quite get to him, so he's just, like, leaning as far as he can, but he can't quite reach. Maud is just leaning against the wall, giggling. <laughs> yeah. Gaspard the spider is on your shoulder as he's like, this is a very unfortunate set of events, but I believe in you. Yeah, can I... I don't know, do you want me to make a religion check? Something like that? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the night Tati found God. That's a natural 19 for a 22. Um, and how are you approaching this? I'm... Well, tell me your process and I'll tell you how it goes. I'm going to... Just as I like put my hand on Hanash's arm to like try and calm him down a little bit and kind of say, like, wait here while I, while I try something. Um, I'm going to just close my eyes for a second. Um, and try and, I don't know, Tati's not like the most calm and centered person. So seeing that like the mechanical physics based stuff isn't working, um, he just kind of thinks about, yeah, he thinks about Lady, what was it like, Petunia, who gave us this task to find the Emmentals, um, and thinks about Chandra and like the, the, the like fates and stuff that has had to like work to get this group of people in this room on this task. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeps his eyes closed, and he's going to step forward onto C1. Which cra- <laughs> C1 no! cracks open um, as you fall in. You see sharpened wooden stakes in there, which appear to be smeared in fecal matter. Um, oh, I need man. you to make me um, a dexterity saving throw. That's a Ooh. 25. Uh, yeah, just grabbing on. You pull yourself up. Only by matter of the fact you're a gnome and you're short, a normal human would have cut themselves on it. But being that this wasn't designed with gnomes in mind, you pull yourself back up onto the lip uh, diagonally uh, to D2. Sitting on D2, you've now seen C1. Uh, I believe you've seen D1, uh, and you've seen E1 uh, all destroyed as you I've, you sit on D2. I've cracked the code. Octopuses have eight legs, lobsters have six legs, and seahorses and fish have no legs. I really hope that Belsiar is showing us. <laughs> and we're just like... He's got, he's got one hand on his groin trying to stop the arterial spray of croco blood coming out. Fish have no legs. <laughs> Tatty, I want you to jump to B2. Do you, do you trust me, Tatty? 
I don't know why I've gone slightly German. To B2? Yeah. I, I'm, is that doable? Are these, like, quite small squares, AJ? Can we I jump? mean, more than one person could fit on a square, so... Yeah. Yeah, you can jump, yeah. Um, I'm going to... I'm gonna just like I assume you're like kneeling down, so I just like I like put my hand on your shoulder and I say, "I'm gonna do it." Gus speed. I feel like I I go on top of them and jump from a high. <laughs> I like, put my feet on your shoulders and just go like eagle. No, I um I take I take a little run up from D two and try and jump onto B two. Closing your eyes, you leap, you hit the stone surface. With a smash, you feel a groan and a creak in the side of you. Just something, you feel something popping, you're in pain. But as you as you look down, you realise it's held your weight. Okay, cool. <laughs> right. So- I, sh- I shout to Hanash, I'm good, I'm good, <laughs> I'm not dead. So we got a 50-50 here. My guess is B1 because we've, that's that was obviously the first row and we've been on a different one every row, right? So now, do we go back to the start, or do we think this is random? Wait, hang on, let me... uh, Let let me assure you, there is a solution to this. You're doing your very hardest not to find it. I've been honest. Shut up! I I, I was going to say I looked to see them, but I'm blind. Uh, So we got, uh, yeah, that one, then squid, then fish, then seahorse. So the ones that that are safe so far are D5, the lobster, E4, the squid, E3, the fish, D2, the seahorse, and then you've leapt to B2, the seahorse. So I, my guess would be B1 because that was the first row, but I'm open to suggestions. Yeah, if there's any, from the perspective that we've gone at this, if there's any, if there's any kind of, um, if there's any kind of solution to this that doesn't involve fully backtracking. Uh, I think this this might be it. Can I ask AJ, like, do we have all the information to get the solution and are we just that dumb? Or do, would we need extra information for the solution? I'm t- it's, it's a combination of two things. A, um, there are clues scattered around, none of which you've asked me for. And B... Um, you said there was nothing else in the like, room. I'm merely telling you what, what's there, buddy. Um, there. Even if you didn't have that, someone who enjoys puzzles could probably work it out. So I hate um, I'm gonna. It's not. An, it's not an impossible puzzle. Um, all right, easy. And I, and actually, actually, I think you've done all right. I'm not. I'm, do you know what? I was half expecting you to die screaming, trying to get across this. I've tried making it as fair as possible, and you've actually had a really good stab at it. From the bottom of the uh, of the pit. Belsiar thinks really hard to himself, and he has a sudden flush. You're not in the pit anymore. You've climbed up onto the... I think you're on... Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to see... Where are you? You're... You tried to... I, 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 I went... You're on, you're on D5, I think. You're just sitting on the lobster, D5, slowly bleeding out of a wound in your groin. Can I look around for any clues? I'm looking around the room and thinking, well, there must be... There must be some kind of clue. Um, yeah, make me an investigation check. Uh, that is 11 plus 3, 14. 14. Um, looking around, um, you look, right, Belsiar, you look everywhere. You've got one hand on your groin trying to staunch the bleeding. As you look around, 
Um, you look on the walls. There's nothing. They're just cave. You look on the far side where the holes are, the recesses, the circular recesses on the wall. There's nothing much. There's a few glyphs carved there, but nothing that would intone anything like solution-wise. As you look around again, you think back through the chapel. You think back through where you walked uh, down the rows. You you look back at you think back with your mind. You're an academic man at the statues which you saw. None of them are ringing any bells. None of them particularly married up to squids or fish um, or um, seahorses. I mean, obviously, Blibdor Poop is half lobster. And you're thinking and you're trying to look at the you look at the symbols and you're thinking, is it about legs? Is it about swimming? And so at that point, you look over at Tatty, who's on B2 on the seahorse. And you see sticking out of his backpacker side the diary from um, Petunia. I shout, Tati, the diary from Petunia. Okay. I bet 10 English pounds be one. <laughs> yeah, I think it is as well. I will, I'll, I'll, take out, I'll take out the diary. Can I make like an investigation check or something? Yeah. Uh, 22. 22. You sit there cross-legged for a quite a while, looking around at your colleagues. You see Maud is just tending to Marvin, who's who's a little bit scared, and the kids. Maud is doing a great job of looking after the two stone teenagers and, and the goat. You see Belsiar, who's whimpering, bleeding out of his crutch. You see Aristobulus, who's been about as much use as a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. You see Hanash, who's just lying prone on D2, blind. He's whimpering. As you look down at the book, you flip through the pages as you read the sections, as you look through, as you look through the page on the water emmentile, you study it for some time. And as you look in a small fingery scrawl, you see in a side note on the side, um, it says lobster, squid, fish, seahorse. Lobster, squid, fish, <laughs> oh, <God>. seahorse. <laughs> Did you just make that up? We like, <laughs> whatever point we were going to go to, that's where. No, I've like, got it written down. Uh, yeah. It was being talking about Indiana Jones. How did we not think to look at a diary? I tell you, <laughs> I gave you enough hints. <laughs> when did you mention the diary? Uh, I've mentioned Indiana Jones about four hundred fucking times. And this episode that you get uh, this movie, which he his daddy gets the Grail diary. Oh. How many more indirect hints do you want? <laughs> All right. Easy break, man. Uh, <laughs> lobster, squid, fish, seahorse. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna just like walk forward onto B1. Read it. You're so confident at this point with the book as you step onto it. It holds underneath you as you step off now in front of the back of the room. Indication. Um, where is where's Belsiar at this point? Sitting on D. Five. I can I can follow the route now, right? I can just You jumped across part of the route. Yeah. I mean Belsia I can easily make that distance if I can. Um... I mean leaning out of his crotch if you want him to do acrobatics. I mean he can also he can also probably work out the path around the rest of it now that you've shouted lobster, squid, fish, seahorse. Uh, yeah. I don't no, I don't know. Well, you can, but it's you're kind of isolated because if you go on lobster, there's only one way to go, and then if you go to and then if you go on squid, there's only one way to go at that point. So there's not really any alternative routes, are there? 
Yes, there is. If you're on if you're on D two, you can uh, step diagonally onto C three. That's uh, no, sorry. Hang on. Where are you? C horse. Sorry, no. You can step onto C two. From C two, you can step onto C three if you wish, or you can step straight onto C two. You can go. You, you can follow a path. You can you can follow hey, a path. Hey AJ, if you have trouble keeping up with it, maybe don't take the piss out of us for taking a little bit longer to get through it. But the difference is, Chris, I can edit this out of the podcast and make myself <laughs> look like a genius. <laughs> That's what floats you about. I won't, I won't. Don't worry, <laughs> or will I? Um, so you've made it onto the other side. Looking back at the minimal damage, um, you feel slightly sorry for Hanash, um, who's blind <laughs> or blinded. Uh, it's a magical blindness, by the way. Does um. Matt, does Aristobulus have lesser restoration? Yeah, I was going to say he, if he can get across safely. I'm going to say, for the sake of a narrative point of view, once you've worked out the route across, you can tell it to everybody, and they can they can safely navigate this. I um, I think evidence take me. Oh, wake me up, save me, take me up inside. <laughs> oh God, that's the after dark version. Wow. As you all make it onto the other side, you stand in front of the uh, wall with the various carvings and inscriptions engraved onto it. You have the four discs, and you see the four recesses on the wall. Am I unblind, or have I been left behind? Would you wish at this point to... Is it a spell or a counter? Uh, it's a second-level spell. I think he has a slot. Yeah, he's got two yeah. slots left, so... Yeah. As suddenly you feel the scales fall from your eyes, Hanash, as once was blind, you can now see again... This was the shortest inconveniencing magical blinding of all time. As uh, you look around, you see you, you, he, he basically spits on his fingers and rubs them into your eyes and incants some magical <laughs> words. As your eyes come back, you just look in horror at him as there's this awkward kind of, we'll never speak of this ever again. Y- your magical oh, blindness is good, but you make it a different And if you think that's gross, I'm pretty sure I took it from the Bible. Scales, eyes. Yeah. yeah, the Bible's fucking gross. That's not a good standard of, like... <laughs> Let's not alienate all of us. We're, we're equal opportunities people here. Like, we've got to have a downer on Scientology if you're going to have a go at Christianity, all right? <laughs> I'm quite um, have a downer on any religion. Let's be fair. I'm non-religion. Yeah. And bad religion. Uh, Hang religion. on, you're magic. How can you not believe in religion? God, you're dim. Who <laughs> do like an atheist? Has anyone done like an atheist cleric in D anD D who just who rationalizes everything? Like, oh yeah, well it may look like a god healed you, but it would have been your natural, your body's natural healing process that did it. <laughs> Watch um, Calamity on uh, on Critical Role, the uh, limited series that they did. One of the one of the characters was a paladin who wasn't who had no particular like divine inspiration. <laughs> it's really it's really fucking good as well. Right. Okie dokie. So now that you found your way across it, now that Hanash has got his eyesight back and his relationship with um, Aristobulus may never be the same ever again, as you all stand there with your four stone icons and four stone recesses in front of you, what are you doing? Um, we go up and, I guess, put the put the icons into the into the suitable recesses. What, what order would you like to do that in? Well, fuck me. 
Um, what that. order? That, what order do they go on the wall from left to right? The journal. Oh yeah, love yeah, I know. Uh, you, you've got four identical circular icons with the four creatures, and there's four identical circular holes on the wall. What order would you like to put them in? Love's what order do they go from left to right? They're, they're just circular holes. There's no. They're just circular holes, and you've oh, got right. four so they don't circular have, uh, nope. fucking things on the wall. Okay, I'm going to follow the order from the from the journal. Um, I suppose even you could pick up the journal. <laughs> Damn, I was going to make you remember, but you have the journal in front of you, and it <laughs> says lobster, squid, fish, seahorse. Yeah. I thought that was a uh, fingers gone joke then. Like, those <laughs> fingers came back. Even you, fingers Even you went no fingers. <laughs> How can you flick through such book? Such book. <laughs> such book. Um, as you put one in, it goes click. You put the second one in, it goes click. Put the third one in, there's a reassuring click. The fourth one in, click. It does that tropey thing where once they're all in, they spin around as the wall opens up. And inside, you see a recessed shelf with a stone on it. That's not a cheese. I'm going to walk up and uh, put my hand on the stone. As you put your hand on a stone, you get a warm feeling inside yourself. As you lift up the stone, you get the thick, creamy, dairy smell (laughs) of a cheese. This is a fossilized Emmental. It has the international symbol for water on it as well with a squiggly line. International symbol? Yeah, there's the international glyph for water. It's like a straight line. Oh, I, thought you meant like, I thought you meant like, the, you know, that like in kids' drawings when they draw the water and they want to draw the waves, they do the, like, the little upwards arrow <laughs> every now and again. And that's just in there. No, it just says H2O on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just it's, it's scratch and sniff. As you hold it under your nose, you get a pungent waft of um, fermentation and cheese. Excellent. I pull out my crackers. Uh, there you go. I can't wait to sniff that. What are you doing with it? Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. I'm not going to eat it because it's fossilized and that will be fucking weird. Fondue. Fondue. Yeah. Fondue. If anything, I, I wait. Um, no, I just put it in my put it in my backpack. What, next to Gaspard? With all the eggs. There's so much Indiana Jones, do we have to put a bag of equal weight where it was? Well... Yeah, as you see the little kids kind of... <laughs> and Aristobulus is like, oh, no! It's a massive... Well, I mean, you said I picked it up. So there was, joking, yeah. joking, I'm joking. Is there anything else in this, in this like, recessed bit from the open wall? Okay. No. No, 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 no. As you gather around all staring... At the stone before it goes away into your backpack, there's a sense of completion that somehow you've managed to bungle your way into getting the first Emmental. And all it took was a groinal injury to the crocoborn, blindness to um, the half-orc. He singed. You look at your right ass cheek, Hanash, and there's no hair left on it. You've burnt all the hair off your right ass cheek. Um is Tatty, you feel your earlobe and it's still slick with blood. Um, and then it's at this point, Matt, that you look down at the limp form of the crow as you pull it out of your bag, as you look down at the, the limp, unconscious form of Kato. And that is where we're going to leave this week's episode. <gasps> Woo-wee! Woo! There you go. I've never tried doing a puzzle-based adventure before. 
but that was good fun. <laughs> we, we, we got there in the end. I, I enjoyed that. That was that was good. I mean, as I find it highly unlikely for narrative reasons, you're going to wander back across other fucking squares. There were different things underneath all of the squares, and one of them would have caused one of you to fall wildly in love with the first thing that they looked at. Oh god, a lobster! <laughs> I love lobster. Yeah. Um. So, was there a way of working out just by looking at the squares? There were. There were a lot of different ways to die in. Yeah, if you looked in the diary in the first place. Um, I was going to have it so that if Tati spent some time studying the diary, he would find a small footnote that would have not really made much sense outside of the... Um, but I was also willing... I was willing... When when you said about thinking and meditating, I was like, well, if you mention... Because there would have been enough notes about Chandra in the book, and I was like, well, if you're willing to meditate on the diary as it has some religious connotation in it. But, but yeah. Also, it's a repeating pattern, but, you know, you could also have... Um, you could have brute-forced it, um, by and large you did. I was quite tempted to like try and um, talk to my inner chaos demon and see if it had any ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, was, I, was willing and I was willing for, you know, other things to happen. I was pretty sure on, I was pretty sure my solution until I got cocky on like, the, the one row and then forgot, oh, I can move sideways and just totally forgot about the fact that we could move sideways and that was more than one other thing on a row. Hmm. It, 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 there were other solutions were available. Grizzly deaths were available. You just about managed it. I mean, Kato is the real, um, Kato is the real casualty here, but I'm sure we can bring him back. He's stable. Phew. That's good. He's on life support. Hey there, pod. It is just me again. We hope you've enjoyed yourself this week. My God, that puzzle got out of hand. <laughs> For those of you who got a little bit lost along the way, we will upload the grid onto our social media so that you can check it out for yourself. And hopefully, everything will make a bit more sense. We just wanted to say a massive thank you for coming by again this week. We really appreciate you tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. Now then, assuming you've made it this far, why not smash that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? If you want to do us a massive favour, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on and help spread the word of our shenanigans far and wide. As ever, we can be found all across the socials. We are on Twitter at AdventurersANO1. And you can also find us on Instagram, where we've got all kind of pictures of us having fun out there in the wild. Some behind-the-scenes goodies for you there. So, that just leaves time for me to say a huge goodbye from Chris, Matt, Raggy and myself. If everything goes to plan, we will see you back here next week. Happy adventuring, my friends. And remember, stay tipsy. Stay tipsy.